0: What's up, everybody? This is the Instant Reaction Podcast. Here's my instant reaction. That f- sucked. <laughs> I'm Rob Stats Carrera alongside Levin Black. Levin, what the hell? Seahawks win 37 27, which is the most deceptive score of all time because the 49ers played like absolute trash.
1: Yeah. I mean, the defense has a legitimate excuse, in my opinion. They don't have edge rushers and they're playing Russell Wilson and a really good receiving core. This is what I expected of the defense. I didn't expect them to be able to stop Seattle's offense. But the Niners offense, there is all kinds of criticism to go around from the coach to the quarterback to, if you want to get into it, the offensive line. Hell yeah. (laughs) I mean, maybe the receivers you don't blame, but that's about it. I mean, this is another one of those games. It's a total and complete failure from just about everybody.
0: I don't understand how Kyle Shanahan could be rolling with the play calling the last two weeks, rolling. Everything he was doing was working. The offensive line was blocking. They were playing great. And then he gets into this game against a defense. And you know how many yards they had in the third quarter, 11? Did you see how many yards they had in the third quarter? Guess. (laughs)
1: Uh, 15.
0: No, way less. They had one, one (laughs) yard in the third quarter. Like, okay, maybe, maybe I could understand how you could come out against the Seattle team, a division opponent that knows you well and have a sluggish first half. I could maybe understand that. It was a one score game at halftime. Like they wasn't that bad. They weren't playing well, but they were in it. But to come out in the third quarter against a team that had given up more yards through six games than any team in the history of the NFL, and you gain one freaking yard in the third quarter? How do you explain that, Levin?
1: You don't. The simple fact is Kyle is not doing a good job this season. He is looking this season like a replaceable coach. There's no way you replace him after this season. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. Kyle Shanahan deserves to be coming back. I still think he's going to be a good coach, But all of the things that you worry about when it comes to Kyle, which almost 100% of them have to do with his ego, are coming to fruition this season. The things that he's failing at are basically his stubbornness and his ego of saying, I have this system, I'm going to run it, I'm not going to adjust it for the opponent, and we're going to be great anyways. And the opponents are saying, no, that's not the case. You actually have to be a big boy and adjust your offense because we've had an offseason to look at what you did last season and we're now prepared to stop it. And Kyle is still stubbornly running it. And that was the problem in this game. He was playing a team that knows his system well because they play twice a year. He came out and he was running the same wide receiver screens, into rounds same offense he's been running all season and all last season, and Seattle was prepared for it. And there's no excuse for it. Kyle dropped the ball today, and it's not the first time this season, which is why there's legitimate questions that should be coming at him now. There should be criticism coming at him as a head coach now, and that's because this is the third time this season we've seen this now, where the offense comes out, and they're running an offense that anybody who watches every game can predict, because he hasn't changed it much. You know what's coming based on how they line up to a certain degree, because you know, when the wide receivers come into motion around the backside, you know they're going to be running the double pitch to him. Things like that. And he's not adjusting well, for his opponent. They don't
0: always run that. Sometimes they switch it up.
1: But the defenses are prepared. They know what's coming. They might not know the exact play, but they it's easy to sniff out the trick plays. And, I mean, we've all been saying it. We both said it on Twitter today. Kyle tried to get cute. When he tries to get cute, it's not working because it, the defenses are ready for it. And what he's not doing is he's not making the defense be honest, and that's because he's not going deep, ever. And that is both ever. ever, and that is both on him and on the quarterback, because this is the game that should have come out going deep. This is the game that you throw jump balls to your wide receivers. You throw a jump ball to Kittle because they were on pace to give up almost six thousand yards this season in in the passing game. That defense was that bad. That's how many yards they were giving up. And they came out with the same crap offense of trying to run it and do short passes. Play it safe. Kyle did not adjust. And Jimmy might be the reason for that. And if that's the case, that's both a problem because Kyle needs to take the training wheels off. You got to let him sink or swim. You can't refuse to take advantage of the worst part of the defense because you don't think your quarterback can do it. If that's the case, why the hell is he still here? Why did you not try to find a replacement? Well, you know what I
0: mean, that's what this goes down to. So the 49ers have the Super Bowl run last year, right? Great Super Bowl run. But in the offseason, Tom Brady wanted to play for the 49ers. That was his number one choice. And the 49ers heard that and said, we considered it. So if you're going to consider Tom Brady, but then say, no, we're sticking with Jimmy Then you have to let Jimmy throw the ball down the field. Now, I know a lot of people are saying that there are receivers open deep and maybe Jimmy's not throwing there, that he's taking the check down. And that could entirely be possible. I need to see the all-22 in this game. But something has to change, Levin, because to not have anything against this offense in three quarters – is hideous. And I don't care that it was Jermichael Hasty and not Raheem Mostert. I don't care. Like everybody else in the league crushes this defense, crushes it. And the 49ers couldn't. And I don't understand how that's even possible.
1: Yeah. And they came out with a game plan that doesn't make sense for going against this defense and what they've been doing so far this year. And I don't think it needs to be an either or. It's not either Jimmy is not doing well or Kyle's not calling the right plays. They can both be failing, and that is the case. They are both not doing their jobs this season. They have both been bad. And I think it's to the point that I'm confident enough to just say it. These two are not a match. They do not belong together. And the Niners need to find something else next season. And the reason I say that, I think skill-wise, Jimmy is very skilled. But I think philosophically, these two are not a match. I don't think Jimmy... Is the type of quarterback that reacts well to being berated? I don't see that out of him, and that, that's not a negative. You got, you know, you have to be able to talk to your players in the way that they want to be talked to. That's a key as a head coach, and I don't think Kyle is quite capable of doing that when it comes to the quarterback position because he has zero patience for his quarterbacks. It doesn't matter who's in there; he has no patience for them. And I think the problem with Jimmy is. If things don't go well in the first or second drive of the game, he implodes because he gets into his own head because he goes, oh, no, Kyle's going to be upset. And he starts getting happy feet. He starts abandoning what makes him a good quarterback. And I think because of that, they're just not a good match. Jimmy implodes when things don't go well because Kyle's going to berate him.
0: Uh, I mean, look, if that's the case, then get the hell out of here. Like, give me a break.
1: But it is when Jimmy's first
0: read is not open, his feet get so he gets such happy feet and he just he just his pants and he can't he can't adjust. He cannot function. I mean, you saw it all game today and this was against the pass rush that sacked nobody like you shouldn't. If there was ever a game where you were going to be comfortable, it was this game. And he wasn't comfortable all game. Seattle actually blitzed a lot and got some sacks, which is stunning in and of itself, given how well the offensive line had played the last two weeks. I mean, even the creative plays that Kyle called. The first one was a wildcat play where Jarek McKinnon gets a direct snap on third down that was absolutely sniffed out and, and killed the drive, which is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? They can't stop anybody in a normal offense, and you run this stupid wildcat play with broken Jarek McKinnon. And by the way, forget it. Like, he's done. He is done. Enough of this. Like, I can't take it anymore.
1: <laughs> it It's mind-boggling to me. I think, here's a question I saw posted on Twitter, and I wasn't going to get into it this early, but uh, I'm just going for it. How much would you give up to get one of the top quarterbacks in the draft? In the draft? Well, a couple of first-round picks, I guess. Right. So that that's the point I'm at, which I think the Niners should absolutely be looking at doing because that, that helps a lot of things. If you have your starting quarterback on a rookie contract, you get all kinds of yes. help. And I think that is a big driving factor that the Niners are likely, I think, to pursue in that they can move on from Jimmy. I don't know what they would be able to get for him. I think they could get something, but I don't think they're going to get as much as fans anticipate. But then I'd be willing to give up this year's first and next year's first plus maybe a little more in order to get up high enough to get one of these top quarterbacks in the draft. And that is something that I didn't expect to be saying even two weeks ago. But I think it's to that point that I think it's clear that Jimmy's not the answer for this team. I don't think Kyle's going that route. I think if he changes
0: quarterbacks, which I think at this point seems pretty obvious he will, I think he's going to try to go after a Matt Ryan or somebody that he has familiarity with. That seems to be his comfort level. He, he likes his guys. Even if they go after a quarterback in the draft level, they're not going after the guy we all want them to go after. They're not going after a a quarterback that can run and throw a mobile guy. (laughs) They're not doing that. Kyle does not believe in that, which is insanity. But he just doesn't. He has his tunnel vision view of what a quarterback should be. And you know what he wants? He wants a robot that's going to just go through your reads, keep everything on script. That's what he wants.
1: And if that is the case, then I think there's a legitimate reason to ask whether Kyle is outdated.
0: Well, okay. As brilliant as he is,
1: I'm just saying as brilliant as he is, as great of an offensive mind as he is, if he's going to have this tunnel vision of what a quarterback needs to be and refuse to allow his quarterbacks to have any kind of modern day ability, because there's more quarterbacks that can run now in the NFL than can't. Yes. So if he's going to have this outdated version, it might be the case looking back 20 years from now that the NFL passed him by just as Kyle was getting into his prime. I as a coach. About that. And I'm it might that be brutal. that his ego makes him more of a Josh McDaniels. Well, that, I mean that was yeah. what popped in my head today. I wonder if he's more of a Josh McDaniels than a say Bill Walsh. That yes, he he's really good at calling offensive plays. He's really good at running an offense. Josh McDaniels is a hell of an offensive coordinator, but his ego is so large and he's so effing stubborn as a head coach that he needs somebody else to be in that head coach position to rein him in and say, "Hey, dumb, make it simple. Stop stop trying to be all this cute crap or Stop trying to pass when you're up big, things like that. And that's always been the question on Kyle. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say the NFL has passed him by. I think that – I'm, I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying it's legitimate to at least ask that. I mean, that, Are we going to look G. back in the future and go, Kyle was in this old school mentality of your quarterback gets no say in anything?
0: Yeah, I think that may be where he needs to be. He needs to adapt a little bit. But let's keep it more on this game because this is the Instant Reaction podcast. And there'll be plenty of time to speculate about quarterback futures <laughs> every game now for the rest of the season. Let's go to the defense now. We've we've been on the offense. Um, You know, one more thing on the offense. Like, where was the offensive line blocking? They seemed like yeah. they were rolling. I, I kind of bought into what you were saying about how they didn't have the off season. And so they needed time to kind of gel and get back to it. And it seemed like they had the last two weeks, they were blocking their asses off. And now this game, I mean, what did hasty average less than four yards of carry in this game. Like, I don't know where that offensive line was seemingly against the front that you would think they'd be able to move the ball against.
1: Yeah. I mean, there was one play in particular where, uh, McGlinchy Got pushed back by a DB at first. <laughs> by a won, DB. One, one, one at the snap on a pass play. Without anybody being in front of him, McGlinchey retreated five yards to the point that he was standing in the pocket for Jimmy. He literally just gave up all that space. Just backtracked with nobody even touching him. The DB then gets there. Hits him. He starts to fall backwards. And then... Bobby Wagner comes in and finishes it off. He literally got pancaked by a linebacker in DB. That's inexcusable, especially for a guy that size. Like, I don't know what, what you know, to like, say to that. He's doing like, great this year. You don't
0: know what you're talking yeah. about. Just ask him.
1: Yeah, it, it's where where's the bulldog mentality? You are one of the biggest guys in the NFL. And it seems like you come into certain games and you play like, you know, like you're the small guy. You're scared of everybody. I'm trying to be nice here. So I want to say he's playing like a word that I don't want to use because <laughs> it, it's sexist. But that's what he's doing. <laughs> well, good thing you didn't use that word. Way to avoid sexist. Yeah. 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 But no, he, it's true. That's what he does. He comes in and in some games he's got it in his head that, hey, I'm not going to be able to stand toe to toe with this guy. So I'm just going to retreat five yards and give you five yards to where you're only, you know, one hand away from getting to the quarterback. So the moment you touch me, oh, you're able to reach past me and get to the quarterback. Oh, darn. Like, I, I don't get it. <laughs> it,
0: Yeah, I, I just don't understand how this team is so
1: Jekyll and Hyde. I really don't. Like, they're stared. Did you read my tweets? No. I said that the offense is a Jekyll and Hyde offense and Hyde showed up today. I said that on the second drive. <laughs> okay, like, You're not exactly
0: a wordsmith there. A team that is up and down is often described as Jekyll and Hyde. You're not breaking any new ground there. Uh, Yeah, sure, sure. Let's go to the defense now. I thought the defense played surprisingly well early. In fact, I really don't have too much criticism for the defense. They kept Russell Wilson pretty much in check in terms of, of on the ground. They didn't really give up a ton of yards rushing. In fact, the only thing they gave up pretty much all game was yards to DK Metcalf. That's pretty much (laughs) the only thing that they gave up. He had 12 catches for 161 yards and two touchdowns. And my frustration with them, Levin, is once you see what is happening, stop it. Double-team him, bracket him, whatever you got to do, stop it. And they couldn't stop it. And that was literally the only thing Seattle's offense had all day long, and it was more than enough.
1: Yeah, I, I think the defense showed up in this game and then got left- you know hanging out to dry yes. by the offense and i think that that started to show towards the end of the game that they started to get tired you know that in the first what 22 minutes i think the niners had the ball for six of those so the defense got tired i think that that's legitimately what happened but early in the game they showed up they gave the niners a chance to get into this game and the niners should have had the lead but the offense was a complete no show which is on jimmy and it's on kyle because they were the two big culprits part of it was play calling like you mentioned that trick play already with the wildcat and jimmy was just off so i think the defense got left out to dry to a certain degree but if you want to have a criticism it's the same criticism that always comes to this defense under robert saw it's that they won't adjust they have their system they're going to stubbornly stick to it the two outside guys have to win their matchups they're not going to double team anybody they don't double-team. doesn't matter. They're not going to double-team. And that was exploited in this game. Because DK Metcalf, I said this on Twitter, he, to me, is T.O. Yeah, he's, the you know to, T.O. Really he, he's the closest thing to Tio. He's really good. He's the closest thing to Tio that we have seen. Now, Tio had a crazy work ethic to rival Jerry Rice, and that's why he became an all-time great. DK may or may not have that. But skill-wise, talent-wise, He is T.O. He's got the same body. He's got even more speed. He might not be quite, in my opinion, as physical. You know, he tries to outrun guys a lot more. He's certainly capable of being physical. Yeah, because he can. (laughs) Yeah, but but T.O. was a physical guy. Like, he ran at you a lot of times, too. But he is, to me, somebody that has that. He is a super freak that is a matchup nightmare no matter who's on him at this point. And that was shown today.
0: Yeah, you're that is that is to quote my cousin Viddy, dead on balls accurate. That is <laughs> he is the modern day TO and he was great today. And and credit to Seahawks, because they what do they do with him? They used his strengths to put him in positions to succeed. He run he would run slants, but it didn't take like three steps and then slant. He immediately slanted right off the line of scrimmage and he used his body to just wall off whoever was guarding him, the poor jerk who had to guard him. And, and he was making catches, especially in the red zone. Like, that's how you do it. That This is what he's good at. Let's do more of that. And that is what Kyle had been doing up until a point, but seemingly stopped this week. Um, I have a question for you. Did Eric Armstead play today? Because I couldn't tell. In fact, has he played a game all season? Because I can't tell. We gave this guy a crap load of money. We let DeForest, We traded DeForest Buckner so we could keep you, Eric Armstead. And you haven't done a good damn thing
1: yeah at this point it it looks like what the fear was when he got the contract that he's not actually a really good player you know he's somebody that's good who was surrounded by dominant players so he was able to shine last year he's not the guy that allows people to shine or is going to shine on his own he's somebody that has to have somebody else take the spotlight so that he can then get the sack and I said that. I, I noticed during the game. I, I was sitting there in the I think it was the third quarter and I was like, I haven't even thought of Armstead in weeks at this point. Weeks. Which is not a good thing when you're supposed to be the star player. He's the highest paid player on the defense. If I'm not mistaken, well, actually I don't know if Ford's paid more. They're pretty close. I think he's paid a little bit more than Ford though. But he's the highest paid player on the team outside of Jimmy Garoppolo. You have got to be a star if you're if that's what you're going to be. And he's not. Do something, something, and I'm not even talking
0: about stats because I know, especially with defensive linemen, they can do a lot of really good things and not get a stat for it. If you win your matchup right away and bust through the line and blow up a run and force the runner outside and he gets tackled for a two-yard loss, not by you, you don't get a stat for that, but you messed up that play. That's good for you. Armstead's not even doing that. He's doing nothing out there, and if we could tell, by the way, when he got that contract, that was our worry, right, that he's not as good as he's looked. If we can tell that, how could the 49ers not tell that? That's what I
1: don't understand. How could they not know? Some people are practice players. He is a physical freak. It might be that he's somebody that dominates in practice because Kyle, I think, had a quote after last year that that's the player that we've seen in practice over the last few years, whatever, you know, getting the 10 plus sacks because he might be somebody that dominates in practice. And there's an opposite side to that. But no, I brought Armstead up in the middle of the third quarter because on that uh, Wilson really long scramble when he got like 20, 30 yards, mm-hmm. it was Armstead who had the outside and he crashed inside and got pancaked. Like he went, he started out outside. He had contained it first and then he did a spin move to try to come inside to try to get pressure and he got knocked on his a- and Wilson escaped to the outside right when he did that. That was on Armstead. And that's the only time I've noticed him in the last few few weeks was when he had the outside contain on a quarterback who can run and decided to to do a spin move to the inside
0: frustrating day all around I mean yeah I, I just I'm, this I'm, this is
1: one of those games there's not a whole lot of talking points it's very clear what the talking points are if you, the offense sucked <laughs> if you had told me that the 49ers were going to lose this game
0: I would have said okay I believe it if you would have told me that they lost this game because the offense couldn't move the ball, I would have said you were out of your freaking mind. Like what? I still don't believe that that happened. And by the way, Dante Pettis, you, you have played your last down for the 49ers. I mean, he has worn the Niner Jersey for the last time. Yeah, it is. And so he gets the kickoff. First of all, it's, He never should have returned it. But I understand from one point of view, like he's like, hey, I'm never on the field ever. If I don't do something to to make a play, I'm not, I'm going to go right off the field again. So he was trying to do something because he never gets a chance to go in there. And then he fumbled and that was it. And I know he might be hurt and I look, I hope he's okay, but he's never, ever playing another down for the 49ers. Trent Taylor should never, ever play another down for the 49ers. Like, let's start cutting these guys off.
1: Can we just acknowledge that they're just not that good? So the, the whole Dante Pettis thing, I I saw a tweet at the time it happened. I want to say it was David Lombardi, but I'm not hundred percent on that, but he said, Kyle has been criticizing Pettis for his inability to function in high-pressure situations for years. And when you finally give him a second chance, it's as the kick returner, something he's never done in college or pros. He's never been a kick returner in college or pros. And that's the situation you give him. It's like you set him up for failure. And I think that, again, is one of the things that everybody is questioned about Kyle. He seems to have an inability to... I don't, I don't know exactly how to put this. It's like he, he believes everybody should be able to do everything. And he won't adjust like, hey, this guy might not be good at this. Or, hey, this guy's been struggling mentally with this aspect, so maybe I shouldn't put him in this type of situation. He just believes everybody should be able to perform at all times no matter what. And that's not reality. That is an ego-driven thing that some coaches fall prey to that ends up destroying their ability and their chance to be a head coach.
0: Well, let's hear from the head coach. We're going we're gonna to take a break, and then we're going to dive into some of these post-game quotes because I'm already seeing some that are going to give me a coronary, so we'll get into those right after the break. All right, Levin, let's dive into some of these post-game quotes for the 49ers. I'm sure they're going to not fire me up at all. Okay, I just saw this first thing maybe is good, which is George Kittle has no broken bones. He was hobbled. At first, we thought it was an ankle injury. It's a foot injury. Uh, he has no broken bones in his foot. Yay but MRI tomorrow and look they play on Thursday so obviously he's not going to be close to 100% going into that game but at least it's
1: not a broken bone. Yeah, that's good news. That is a concern I think at this point that they play Thursday and Jimmy certainly is hobbled and Kittle is hobbled and you got to wonder whether or not they're going to be able to good going to gonna be good to go on a short week.
0: It's going to be rough. Okay, speaking of rough, Levin <laughs> Kyle Shanahan Kyle Shanahan says he liked the Wildcat play call on third and five on the opening drive, but not against the zero blitz that the Seahawks called to defend the play. They were looking at four down territory, but not after the three-yard loss. Then call timeout, Kyle. Call call timeout. Do something. Or just admit that the play call sucked. How about that? How, about, how many times does this team run Wildcat all year? Like, ever? I mean, just say it was a bad call by me. That's what I want to hear from you, Kyle. I screwed up. Like, don't just play it off. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm still smarter than you. It just, you know, they did like, no,
1: it was the right play call except for they call, they called something that, you know, blew it up, but it was the right play call. No. Like here's here's the thing. Kyle doesn't even trust the quarterback on his team to throw the ball. You think he's going to trust a running back to throw the ball? No. Everybody and their mother knew that that was going to be an option run with the running back. It was going to be, he's going to have the chance to hand it off to the guy next to him. And if he doesn't like it, run it with himself. That invites the defense to do a zero blitz because they don't have to worry about a pass coming.
0: (laughs) I, oh God, I just don't, I don't get that. And I know later on Kyle said, we didn't play well starting with me. And that's good to take some blame. But then when you get into the nitty gritty, you have to actually take the blame. Otherwise that initial starting with me, kind of is bull. If you're not actually going to then take the blame for other stuff that happened in the game, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, saying, hey, I I didn't play well, but I actually made the right play call is akin to a quarterback going, yeah, I need to throw the ball better, but the receiver could have caught it. You know what I mean? Right. It's one of those things where you're trying to take the blame so you can say, hey, I took blame, but then your ego doesn't allow you to fully take the blame, so you put in this but- to give you an out. Don't make excuses. This is not a game to make excuses for. This was one of the worst game plans I've seen the Niners come out with. And that's saying something because they've had some stinkers, especially the Tom Sula year. I mean, this was an inexcus- inexcusable game plan because they didn't attack what an historically bad defense is giving up. That that That's football 101. If you're playing an historically bad defense, exploit the shit at what what they're bad at. And the Niners came out with the exact opposite game plan. They played right into Seattle's hands to try to have that defense play well. Uh, Shanahan on Garoppolo's game. Frustrated with the whole offense.
0: It wasn't a very good day for us. Mentions that the defense did a good job. Disappointed with the whole group on offense. You know, will he ever just say, Jimmy, the bed? Will he ever say it?
1: No, he is an ultimate players coach.
0: But I've heard that that much is abundantly clear. He crushes them behind the scenes from what I've heard.
1: Yes. But he's very much a player's coach. He's not going to publicly shame you. He's not going to do it. Like, what are you afraid
0: of? What are you? You clearly don't trust him. You think he's going to get worse? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo screwed it up today. We had guys open. The quarterback didn't hit
1: him. He doesn't even have to name him by name. Just say we had guys open. We need to hit them. Everybody in their mother will know what you're talking about. Shanahan but he's not saying it. On Kittle but that is be... true. That is true. Guys are getting open.
0: Shanahan on Kittle not being involved. Sometimes you don't get the ball to him. There's never a time we ignore him. What the hell does sometimes you don't get the ball to him mean? What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, other tight ends got the ball. Uh, sometimes you don't get the When does Andy Reid say, hey, sometimes you don't get the ball to
1: Travis Kelsey? Like, What? What does that mean? I, I don't want to make this the on Kyle Shanahan reaction podcast, but if he's the offensive savant he's supposed to be, he can get to the ball to his star players. I mean, that's what he's always gotten credit for. Kyle's amazing at getting his star players the ball in space. Well, he didn't today. So what happened? It's not like they stopped being star players. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he could scheme everybody open, right? No quarterback under Kyle gets any credit because he schemes everybody open, except George Kittle has two catches today against one of the worst defenses we've ever seen.
1: There, there was the one shot deep with Kittle, the one that he got injured on, but that was after the game was over and when Mullins was in. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see Kittle on a deep route before that? No. I mean, I can't say for sure he wasn't because there was no balls thrown his way deep. So it might've been he was just off camera running a deep route, but they never tried to stretch the field. At least not until the game was over.
0: What do you think of this tweet from at East Bay Chris? This season now becomes, can Kyle Shanahan avoid his third losing season in four years as a head coach? I wish I could say he was
1: wrong, but he's not. Uh, he's not wrong, but I don't think that's what the season becomes. The season becomes who's staying and who's who are they getting rid of? That's what it becomes. It becomes, who are the guys that are going to help this team contend? Because they can still contend next year, and who are the guys not? That's what it is. Does Jimmy Ward stick around? He had a terrible game.
0: Well, they just signed him, though. They're not going to get rid
1: of him. Yeah. They can try. (laughs) I mean, mean, his contract's not so big that it's impossible to get rid of. Put it that way. And they're going to look to save money in places because they have to with the way the salary cap is going to go
0: it just here's the thing when you have a team that has elite players and you sign them to big big money deals the only way you can succeed because of the salary cap is to get elite production from those players from eric armstead from george Kittle. but george Kittle can't throw the ball to himself i think he had four targets on the whole day and i know he missed some time because of the injury but like you can't win unless you get production out of those people and it's just inexcusable for that
1: to be the case it's it's inexcusable for that to happen right and that's the number one problem and the number one i think criticism that should be coming to the regime this regime overall the guys that they have decided to pay big money to are the ones that are failing the most kwan hasn't earned it Part of that's injuries but Greenlaw's better than him let's just say it like he, he's not been great even when he's been healthy since he came back in the playoffs last year Jimmy up and down I think the decision to give him that contract you had to but he's been up and down hasn't quite fully earned that contract Ford that's one of the worst contracts in the NFL period like there's no there's no real question in that that might be the worst in the league because you get absolutely nothing from him because he can't play. And he quite honestly should probably be retiring with the type of injuries he has and the risks they have. He should probably be retiring. And I'm forgetting one right now off the top of my head, but Armstead, the the guy Armstead. Yeah. Armstead paid big money. What's he done this season? Yeah. So yeah, he was wearing the all whites.
0: (laughs) And that's another thing (laughs) to play like this. When you're wearing the all whites of the 94 team, I mean they, they played like that ninety four team in, in the loss to Philly when they got their a- kick. That's what the, that's what they look like out there today.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's the problem. The team has done an absolutely phenomenal job at getting production out of low end guys, undrafted free agents, late draft picks, super cheap free agents. You know, Jason Verrett's an example. You know, he's played phenomenally, been a lockdown corner for the Niners this year, and they've paid him almost nothing. But the guys that they've paid a lot of money to have not. And that has to change. If you ever want to win a Super Bowl, the guys you pay big money to have to be dominating and earning those contracts.
0: Unless you just, through some sheer stroke of genius, hit on every single one of your draft picks and all your cheap guys are really good. But nobody does that. It's an unrealistic expectation. What makes this loss so painful to me, Levin, is that the days of getting worked by Seattle were supposed to be over. Like we had the, the even in Harbaugh years, they got their butt kicked by Seattle. And then we had Chip and Tom Sula and give me a break. But then Kyle beat Seattle with Mullins at quarterback two years ago. Like the, it was supposed to be over. We were supposed to be done with getting our kicked by this guy. And yet here we are, what is this year four with Kyle? And we're, we're right back
1: there. Uh, I hate to break it to you, but, uh, buckle up sweetheart, because as long as they have Russ and weapons like DK, you're going to struggle to beat the team. But
0: I'm not That's... saying win every game. I'm saying don't get destroyed and completely
1: outplayed and outclassed like they were today. It's tough. I mean, elite quarterbacks make you look bad. It's the number one driving factor of wins and losses and elite quarterbacks can destroy you before you can even get into the game because that wasn't the case today. No. The defense came out right, but I'm just saying, if you don't come out with the right game plan, the game can be over before you blink the eye. You know, there's plenty of games where an elite quarterback goes up 21-0, 14-0 real quick. Russ is in that class, and the Niners are going to struggle to beat him because he's an elite, truly top in quarterback, you know, likely a Hall of Famer at this point.
0: And I'm willing to say now that the rest of the way i think this is i think the 49ers have shown you who they are this year they are a team that can look really good some weeks and really bad some weeks they do not have a consistent level of play at all and i i think 8 and 8 is where the niners are going to be you know maybe they lose one extra game and they're 7 and 9 or they win an extra one and they're 9 and 7 but this is who they are you don't know which team you're getting every week it was the bad team this week In four days, when they play Green Bay, maybe it'll be the good team. I probably doubt it. And, you know, that's it. That's what we're getting the rest of the season.
1: So let me ask you this. At what point do you start coaching and calling and playing certain guys based on getting to evaluate them and not necessarily about winning? Who hasn't played that we need to see? Where is Tavarius Moore? Can he be a true top flight safety like he looked last week or not? You don't know because you decided to not play him. Okay. I mean, (laughs) there's guys on the defensive line. You could do a heavier rotation on the defensive line. You can have Armstead play inside only and try to use more of the edges to see what they have. A Jordan Willis, who they just traded for, don't know why based on the compensation, as we said in our Gold Standard podcast this week, based on the compensa- compensation, why didn't they go get, you know, an Everson Griffin? But that was a different topic that we already covered. But I'm just saying, like, at what point do you start, like, maybe you start calling plays on offense to try to get Ayuk open more, see what he can truly do, make him the focal point of the offense to see, because to me, based on the all 22 plays that I've seen. And a lot of people have been posting them of how consistently he is getting completely wide open deep. He looks like he could be a superstar, but nobody's been able to see that yet because Kyle's not calling plays to get him the ball.
0: And if he is, Jimmy ain't throwing it there. I mean, that could be part of it. Like, honestly, that
1: could be. It could be. It It could be. I think we would be seeing Kyle get after him more if Jimmy was truly ignoring his reads because quarterbacks have, you know, they have reads and they're in an order. If Jimmy was just ignoring Ayuk, even though he's open, I feel like Kyle would be going crazy on the sideline. But it certainly seems that Ayuk is one of the last reads consistently. And there's a multitude of reasons that could be the case. It could be simply Kyle doesn't trust Jimmy to throw the deep ball. It could be he's a rookie. Or it could be that Kyle doesn't trust the offensive line to block long enough. Could be any of those, but like at some point you have to try because what you're doing's not working.
0: So you have to try. Yeah, it's sink or swim time. Sink or swim. They sank today like a f-ing rock. They sank today. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Before we go, last thing. Raheem Mostert tweeted, "We'll bounce back. I promise you that. Good game, boys. <laughs> Good game." That was a good game. You gave up almost 40 to Seattle. You gained one yard in the third quarter. It was a good game. What the hell does a bad game look like?
1: It's one of those cases where he's probably desperate to be with the team because injury in, injured players don't really travel with the team right now. So he's probably just desperate and wanted some kind of connection to the team. But that's one of those cases where it's best to just not post anything. <laughs> Send them a text. Good game, boys. Yeah, great.
0: Great job making a, making one of the worst defenses we've ever seen look awesome. Make you look incompetent. I mean, incompetent. The Patriots offense that did nothing last week was going up and down the field on Seattle all game long. You couldn't do anything. Couldn't do anything. Was, what a disgrace that was. What a disgrace. I'm embarrassed.
1: I mean, it, it's truly based on the talent the Niners have, the coach that they have, and the quality of the opponent they were playing, it's one of the worst offensive performances in a really, 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 really long time because everything spelled putting up a bunch of points.
0: I can't say any more without repeating myself again. It was pathetic. I've been, so now I'm just shoving my face full of my son's Halloween candy. Like that's what I've been doing ever since the second half started. Like that's it now, that's where I am. I'm, I'm drowning my sorrows in Snickers and Skittles.
1: I don't I don't have a reaction to that other than uh hopefully you don't become a diabetic. I mean you're you're a skinny twig for a thirty something year old, so I guess you can get away with it. This is
0: all muscle. What are you talking about? I'm hundred and forty <laughs> pounds of raw
1: muscle. Yeah, and the Niners had a good day, boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: God. I can't believe it. Two weeks of great ball ruined. Just ruined. And and what a missed opportunity, by the way. The Rams lost. The Packers lost. I mean, you're right there. You were right there to take a huge leap in the NFC. You would have picked up a game on Seattle. You'd have been right in the mix for everything. And now, where are you? You're nowhere. Do, you mem-
1: do you remember what I said a couple of weeks ago about the Niners? No, I don't. They are the 2019 Rams. They're going to look dominant like the Super Bowl team that they were the previous season in some weeks, and they're going to look like complete garbage in other weeks, and that's what they are. There's no middle ground. Do you remember any game this season where the Niners like, came out and was like, ooh, this is a tough-fought game. They're both kind of up and down, both doing decent but not great. No, it's been either they show up and play like shit or they show up and they dominate and look like the team from last year.
0: You're right. I hate to end the podcast with a good point about you, but <laughs> that just that's just, that is the capper on the sh- Sunday that was today. Let me just say. So, <laughs> unless you got anything else, Levin, I'm I'm done.
1: No, at least it's a short week. Uh,
0: listen, yeah, uh, I hope it gets better. I hope we'll see. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. I always feel stupid saying that after losses because I feel like that that's just the last thing people want to do is hear more about the bad, but.
1: Hopefully they win again. Don't no, rate no. us based on. Don't give us a rating based on what you saw today from the night. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Our performance was a lot better than what took place in Seattle
0: today. Uh, for Levin Black, I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. Yeah.